Okay, back here in studio with uh, Corey Allen Young and Alexis Johnson from Mayor Bronson's office. How are we doing? How are you doing, Jeff? You guys are uh, some of the higher level here. We got the chief of staff, Alexis, and then we got the communications director, Corey Allen Young. Yes, sir. So I'm glad you guys are here. Uh, first thing before we talk about any work stuff or politics, you guys are actually both from Anchorage, right? Yeah. So I grew up in Anchorage. I was born here, and I went to Diamond High School. I graduated 2010. Yeah, I graduated from East High School, grew up in East Anchorage, um, graduated in 1995, so I'm a little bit older. So when you guys were in, like, high school, would you have ever thought somebody said, hey, in, in you know, 20 years you'll be, or 20, 30 years, you know, 25 years you'll be working for the mayor, doing chief of staff and communications? Never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be chief of staff for the mayor, but... Yeah, for me, I um, Corey's like I knew. Oh no, I didn't know. I, <laughs> I knew. I, I was a, I was a journalist at heart. I was in the school newspaper. Shout out to the Rolling Thunder, on the same staff as a Julie O'Malley. Went to school with her. Oh really? Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good you know, we were on the plane. It was uh, during session, and and I was on there, and Bronson was doing the port stuff, and he gets on, and he's at the airport, and then I see Julie O'Malley. I was talking to her in the in the lounge, by the gate, and then she gets on and sits down, and then he gets on, and he sits right next to her. And I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> Julie O'Malley next to Mayor Bronson. They, were, they talked. I think they talked the oh, whole flight. Julie, we still talk. Um, she's somebody who's um, – she writes some of the best food stories I ever had. She's a great writer. Her style she wrote then is still the same now. But, yeah, it's interesting with me and Alexis, you know, working uh, for the staff. Obviously, you know, I think we both have a heart to want to help people, and that's why we're working um, in politics. You know, when I was younger, I used to think all politicians are crazy, no matter what party they were. And so I've come to grow, know that government can play a part in helping people succeed and prosper. So you were with Channel 2 for a while, but then I, I kind of first, I knew you were with a long time ago Channel 2, but then I think you were working for Corrections for a while, and then you ended yeah. up going to like Walker and then Dunleavy? Started off doing news first in Fairbanks, and then I came to do work for Channel 11 for four years and worked at Channel 2. I worked for Catholic Social Services for a little bit, so I have experience working at in communications, oh, yeah. and then I uh, went to the Department of Corrections, then I worked under going to Walker a little bit, and then... Took a break, came back, worked for Dunleavy, Governor Dunleavy, and then now working for Mayor Bronson. It's kind of the whole the whole gambit there. <laughs> much, and it keeps going. Covered so. it all. Yeah. And then Alexis, I didn't know you until you started working for the mayor, but we met at one of the meetings, and then you mentioned, and I got to give a shout out, because my office here is right down the street from Bread and Brew. Yeah, so after college, I came back in 2013 uh, from ASU and uh, decided- it's like, a, it's like a party school, isn't it? it it's a fun school. I was focused on my education. Were you really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A lot of education. And um, so when I came back, I was home for a couple years before we decided to open Bread and Brew. And so I opened Bread and Brew with my parents and my brother um, and just took it from there. And so my background's in management. Um, it's I have a gender I, studies degree, though. So That's the funniest part. I think it should surprise people. The mayor's chief of staff has a gender studies degree. I think that wouldn't be in the bingo card. It for sure was not in the bingo card. Um, but I mean, I'm full of surprises. I feel like it brings uh, like a younger, fresher, um, kind of middle of the road thought process to like our office. I think we have a really good balance in our office. A lot of views. I wouldn't just say it's very rigid. It's very like, you know, we have people on every spectrum in our office. So you, the bread and brew, and I want to give a shout out to this 
apple bacon sandwich. The apple and bacon grilled cheese. Oh my god! I mean, folks, it's on Tudor. If you're ever just driving down there, they have a beer and all that. But this this apple bacon thing is really good. It'll change your life. I just drive by sometimes, and I find myself. Oh, I better turn over to Bread and Brew and the get car's me a sandwich. Just pulling. But you 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 told me that you were kind of starting to get involved with during the lockdowns and you know a couple of years ago with COVID. But you hadn't really been political before that, right? But you, you kind of got involved in some the mayor's campaign? Yeah, so the mayor's campaign was probably the first uh, real political action that I had taken. Um, I think after COVID, a lot of things changed. And a lot, I think a lot of people realize like what means the most to them. And so um, during COVID, when he ran, I got behind him um, almost immediately after hearing him talk. And so um, ever since then, I've just been a really big fan of of who he is as a person and who he is as a politician. And you were, so the Craig Campbell was chief of staff and then there was that Sammy Graham mm-hmm. brief time. So what were you, what were you doing? Cause you were on there early on, right? Yep. So I had volunteered for the campaign. Um, and then it kind of with transition and the onboarding, I just naturally flowed and they said, Hey, do you want to come on board with the team? Uh, we have an open EA position for you and I have a background in management and administration. So EA, it, is that an executive? Yeah. Executive assistant. assistant. Sorry. And, uh, my background's in administration and management, and so I just came on as his, uh, basically his scheduler, and uh, yeah, I was there for maybe four or five months, and then um, Sammy kind of had one foot out the door with retirement, and so I was taking on a lot of her duties, and so the progression was just pretty natural for me to fall into that position when it opened up. So, Corey, you were with the governor's office. You were in communications, and then I think it was right, right after the mayor, you started pretty early, right? You were there... Uh, about in September. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, looking to work for anybody. I was happy. Governor Dunleavy's a great guy. Um, I just was looking for maybe a chance Go to... closer to the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, so Governor Dunleavy was a great guy. I um, enjoyed working for uh, that administration, but I just thought it was a chance to uh, help a city that I grew up in. I was born and raised here. Grew up in Russian Jack, uh, literally right next to East High School, and so I'm very proud of that. I feel like I'm one of Alaska and Anchorage's biggest advocates, and so why not work for the city. I never had municipal government experience. And so jumped right in in September. So I think you're a little, you're older than Alexis. So you guys probably didn't know each other until you started working together. Uh, no, I know about bread and brew though. And I do agree. <laughs> bread with and brew. We that gotta, apple, that apple we're not, we're not getting paid. I'm not getting paid here. <laughs> but not I, should, I mean, I mean I'll give you one free sandwich, but only one. <laughs> it's gotta be the apple ba- oh, bacon. hundred percent. That's that's, the, so that's, good. that's my go-to. I don't, uh, you know, you have your places you go to, but we have great restaurants, but bread and brew is one of them. So do, definitely do, check it out. Do you guys have the same problem as I have? So this building, when you're heading East, you can turn into it, but when you're heading West, there's that damn median. Yeah, the median. And and it's the same for both. So you're further down the street on Tudor, but it's really hard to like get a make turn around. Yeah. Especially when it's midday, tra- you know, traffic. So they gave us when they did the, redid the roadway, we actually have a carve out. So our you can turn left into our business. But if you miss it, you gotta Yeah, if you miss it, you gotta go to like Altura, you know, Moose's. We don't, we, don't, we don't have the carve out. I think we need to put some more, <laughs> more talk to, talk to your people. We need to get some more lights. <laughs> On, on Tudor. That would be your here. people, Corey, because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's Corey, the talk, state. Yeah. No, that's, oh, it's, oh, Tudor. Tudor's a state road, yeah, isn't it? It's a state Tudor's road. A state road. So that's yeah. DOT. Shout out to DOT crew. But we yeah, need to get, we, we need to get that. somebody <laughs> over here. Okay. So uh, what I want to talk about is obviously with the homelessness is an issue, big issue, but there's all kinds of stuff with the assembly. Uh, it's, it's pretty contentious. We all know with, between the mayor and the assembly. Um, and, and there's a lot of people, especially, oh, Alexis, you're new to Twitter, I noticed. Didn't you get on Twitter? <laughs> yep, Alexis 4AK. Corey, are, are you uh, monitoring that? Is there any? Uh, <laughs> Twitter is Twitter. I mean, I, I made one post. Yeah. 
Twitter's Twitter. I mean, I've had Twitter since I was in news probably, but I, most of the time I looked at Twitter for sports. You know, it's pretty entertaining. It's a weird place, yeah. Twitter. Yeah. But it's pretty the, swampy. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's also just so disconnected from the real world. I mean, I think a lot of people are on there all the time and that they that becomes the reality. It's like this is what people think. And then you got to step back and, and realize that most people aren't on there. And I think Pew Research did a study years ago and they found that like 90% of, of content on Twitter, like 90% of the tweets come from like 10% of users. So it's oh, it highly smokes. concentrated, right, of, of what's on there. But, yeah. you know, there, there's been a lot of contention with the assembly and the mayor and there's this new one they just passed about removing the mayor, this ordinance, which I, I Dave was on here last week, the mayor. And <clears throat> my, my bet is it's just not a matter of if, but when. And, you know, there's been some veto. I mean, it's just been pretty contentious. What, what do you, what's it like dealing with all of this? I mean, Corey, I was pretty, with Dunleavy, it was pretty contentious with the legislature early on. So you've probably kind of been there. A uh, bit. I would say it's like that with all politicians, to be honest, because obviously somebody didn't vote for you. And so... It's always a, a huge issue in terms of how do you legislate or, you know, represent all people, even the ones that didn't vote for you. And I think you do represent all people, regardless of they voted for you or not. Do you always agree on things? No. But that's when you work and try to compromise. If anybody that's followed any legislation through our, our history of time, there had to be some compromises made. And so that's the same process here in the city. You know, you come to two viewpoints, you kind of work together for the common good. If we're here to help people, then we should all be truly trying to help people. That's my, my stance on that. That includes the mayor and that includes all the members of the assembly. I know they say that, and I would say that even for the people that would necessarily be on our side, but let's actually truly work together to help people. And I think when I came in originally, I had never been in politics before. And so it was an opportunity to try and be a bridge builder. Um, and I see that with some assembly members, but it, it's a body, it's an assembly body. And so therefore, even if you have people that you work with well on the assembly, sometimes it's not enough of a vote to get stuff done. And right now, I think tensions are high with the assembly and with the mayor. And so you see a lot of things coming out um, legislation wise or like vote wise where um, it's it almost feels like it's just drama to bring drama to the theater. It's not based well, on mean, any substantial anything. I th I think this a lot of this can be traced back. I mean, it was from the beginning a year ago. It was contentious, but this this mask mandate nonsense that you know Meg Zaltel and Pete Peterson introduced in October. Now, I mean, I would I would say the people who showed up were were most of them were really bad. The stars of David, but there was also kind of just bringing this up in the first place. I think they must have known it was going to create a response. And ever since that, it was October, I guess, what, September, October? I mean, ever since then, it's been pretty, even the meetings, you guys, you guys are at the meetings. I mean, it's really just hard to even, they used to be so boring, but, you know, four, <laughs> three, four, five, six years ago. It'd be government like, oh, yeah. boring again. I was a reporter. I unfortunately got the beat of covering city politics and um, not to name names, but there's certain members on the panel up on the dice that would fall asleep. We used to laugh in the media room. And, oh, yeah. They, I mean, yeah. they used to be just really yeah. like city government should, I think it should be boring. Yeah, it'd be like Edna coming out for a culver she wants yeah. in her in her driveway, and she's hoping P and Z will vote on it. But and that's and not this anymore. And, and now it's like every meeting, it's just become they devolve into this. People wearing costumes, you know, the guy was wearing the clown outfit, and there was the guy wearing the it's Abraham always, Lincoln. It's always the same guy. <laughs> yeah, but there was some. I mean, there was a few last time. There was a few people wearing yeah, kind of goofy. And but, assembly meetings are like circuses now. I feel like it's like you get some of the. Some of the crazies, they come out and they're really jived up about something that they feel is important. Um, and to me, I'm like, well, you know, it's their time. It's 
to talk and they get three minutes just like everyone else. Sometimes it is crazy, but um, I think hopefully we can settle it down soon to get some government work done because right now it just feels like a tax. So, so how frustrating, I'm going to ask you, Corey, so when, you know, when you were with Dunleavy, he could veto things and very, very difficult to override a veto with the you know, appropriations or three, yeah. I think three quarters, yeah. other things are two thirds. So it's very difficult. But right now with Bronson, the assembly has, you know, it's, I think the overrides eight and a lot of the stuff they pass is nine. So, I mean, it must be really frustrating to lose that kind of, for the mayor, that ability to veto things when, when every, I think every time they override it. I mean, I, I would say it is frustrating, but obviously that's part of the process. They do have the members with the majority. I mean, I would um, beg the question, not necessarily that they all agree 100% of the time. I think there's some people that no matter what are going to vote against it, I would still push for compromise because not, not everybody's right. I've always said this, and I don't know people can disagree or not agree or whatever, but I always believe that not every Democrat or Republican has great ideas and not every Democrat or Republican has the worst ideas. And so work together is what I would say, and not always make it to the point where we have to veto. There could be a lot more compromise happening. So that's what I'm, I'm asking for more compromise. You know, people are going to say that they are and trying to, but that's not what I'm seeing. I like to see more action instead of talking. What do you, what do you, where do you guys see this homelessness? I mean, we got the Centennial park, which I, th- I think, I mean, I think it's fair to criticize any decision by the government, but you know, before we've done these videos and there was Davis Park, we spent a lot of, I mean, there was 70 people there last year. There's uh, Campbell Creek, Chester Creek. There's all kinds of other parts of town where, I mean, there was camping, you know, dozens and dozens of people. There was no water. There was no bathrooms, you know, and at least now, not ideal for sure, but I think it's better than Davis Park. And there's been so much criticism. And You know, I'm not saying I have the answers. I don't think anybody has the answers because this problem has persisted for many, many years, but I mean, specifically Centennial Park. I mean, is that meant to be kind of a, a, a stopgap? I know I know Sullivan was, the money ran out, right? The FEMA reimbursement? Yeah, so with the Sullivan closing... Um, Put the mic up a little bit there. Nice. Is that better? Much better, thank you. Um, it just so happened that with the Sullivan closing, we also had a wildfire breakout near... Um, which, 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 you see the window here? I would. I saw it start... I mean, I could smell it. The thing, I mean, that, I think, luckily we've had the rain the last couple of days, so mm-hmm. we're in much better shape. Yeah, but yeah. The, 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 especially the hillside. But even, I mean, in 2019, remember, there was that fire, same area. Mm-hmm. And there's like this, this possibility of a major um, fire in Anchorage that could do really bad, like, you know, catastrophic damage. And I think we're all aware of it. And a lot of the things that we had put forward at the assembly meeting um, were focused on wildfire mitigation. We had criminalized starting fires in uh, like public lands. Um, we had a burn ban in effect. Then this fire broke out. And so it, it became apparent that, okay, we have a homeless population. They're starting fires. We need to mitigate our fire danger. What's a good opportunity for us? And so we waived the fee at Centennial Campground and said, hey, if you want to camp, this is the place where you can legally camp. It doesn't qualify under the abatement process, but we saw with the numbers now that most of these people that have come to Centennial to camp were actually already illegally camping before the Sullivan had shut down. So um, on- I mean, Davis Park's pretty close to Centennial. You can almost probably walk there, right? And Yes, and minutes. we had just abated that um, right before the Sullivan had closed. And a lot of people from Davis Park had actually come over to Centennial. So we know now that- um, AHD had transported 41 people 
Um, 56 people at Cent- or uh, at Centennial are Sullivan Arena. 41 of those were transported by us. The remainder got there some other way. And then the last remaining, like 140, um, 130, they all came from other illegal encampments. Um, and so we see that this is actually benefiting our city. That's the way I'm taking it. I'm keeping people all at, in an area where it's being monitored by security, by staff. Um, they have resources there. They have showers, toilets, garbage. Um, they have Wi-Fi. Those things, those opportunities are not going to be on Chester Creek Trail. They're not going to be in Campbell Track. They're definitely not going to be um, at Davis Park. And so to me, Centennial, though it's not perfect, it is a good option for people who want to camp, who choose to camp. It just, for me, it's so frustrating, this this issue, because I think it's very, it's obviously complex. There's like a mental health element. There's an alcohol addiction, drug element. There's just a housing in general, trying to find a place to live. It's mm-hmm. expensive. There's some just bad people that prey on these people. Um, you know, so there's so many elements to it. And then there's some people that are really sick, just really, you know, sick. I mean, they have really bad physical ailments. And, you know, I don't, I don't, I know the assembly had, with Berkowitz had some ideas. The mayor had some different ideas. There was the, I had actually on the podcast before, um, Dr. Morris, he was there for a while as a coordinator, but it just, it seems like no matter who's in charge, the mayor, the assembly, going back many, many years, this problem doesn't get fixed, and it just seems to get visibly, definitely worse, but I think probably worse. I think for sure it's getting worse over the long term. I think COVID kind of exacerbated that a lot. Um, and so when we approach homelessness, there's a lot of key players that come to the table, and everyone has the greatest idea. And I think one of the problems is is that we get so caught up in – Um, the idea of solving homelessness that we're not looking at options for maybe like stopping the progress of homelessness, like the, the bleed out basically. And so I think Centennial, though, it's not going to be perfect for winter. It's not going to be perfect maybe in the long term, but I think right now it's a great option for a lot of people. And we talk to people all the time and they're like, I'm thankful to be here. I was camping illegally in Elderberry Park. I heard about this place. I came over here and now I have no problems. So there's been some, you know, AD ended a story. There's been some stuff on social media. There was the bears and someone died. So, I mean, it seems like there's two, you know, two kind of, you could talk to different people and get two explanations. Um, overall, I mean, what would you say the situation is there? We talked about the other camps and things, but I mean, the, I think ADN article, they, or the assembly called it a humanitarian crisis, which I thought was, I mean, Corey, you're in communications. I thought that was a bit of a, it's, it's probably not definitely not ideal, it's but humani- humanitarian crisis. I think of like third world, like, like U- oh, yeah. UNICEF and UN, you know, like helicopters and trucks. Yeah, it's a bit of a stretch, in my opinion. <laughs> um, and I just think that's being disingenuous. The reason why I say that is because, as Alexa's referring, as you're referring to, these are people that chose to go there. They were given options: aviator, the former sock guy. Um, when there was space available, there's also some of the um, higher barrier ones like um, the Cospo Rescue Mission and things like that, and they still chose to be there. And when I was a reporter, I could tell you through the years, work of Channel 2 and Channel 11, I've been into a lot of these camps on Camel Creek, immaculate setups. It's almost like people had their own little house shed stuff going on. I was amazed. Oh, so, no, some of them are yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty elaborate. I mean, yeah. some of them are, they have, you know, they have heaters and generators. Oh, yeah. and Log cabins. That yeah. was veterans who told me to literally get away from them, and they had, they were getting checks. I'm not saying that everybody gets checks or anything, but they, they the people I personally have talked to when I did news stories said, I'm getting money. I like it here. This is where I want to be. If we live in America where we're allowed to freedom of speech, freedom of press, we should be able to have freedom where we want to live. And we're giving them a place where they can safely do so, 
in a place where they could have all the amenities that people would have. And yeah, I mean, my, my, me spending a lot of time doing these videos over the last couple, couple of years, uh, my takeaway was there's a lot, of, like you said, a lot of people, they told me, like, and, you know, some people might say something different when they're being approached by, a, you know, somebody yeah. who's talked, but, but the amount of people who said, look, I mean, it's summertime, it's nice weather, I, you know, I kind of like being out here. And, you know, my, my response to that always is, well, other people want to, you know, the public wants to use these trails and enjoy the spaces and you're not supposed to technically, you know, camp there. But the amount of people that, that told me that they want to be there um, was initially pretty shocking. I didn't think anybody would want to. I mean, yeah. it may not be our choice, but that's their choice. And we can give them situations where they can feel safe and have the community has stepped up in big ways to provide food and resources. And the goal has never changed. I mean, we all agree in this, that everybody's working together to place people in either shelter, uh, services, treatment if they need it, or and permanent housing. The ultimate goal is housing. I think if we're talking about issues, we need more housing here. And this is not just for homeless people, well, but I just for saw, people in general. I just saw over on the old sea galley, they're, they're building a car wash, which, I mean, I think we have... A lot of fucking car washes. To me, that's a great two big high-rise condo buildings. You know, apartment buildings. That that would be that would be great. But you know, instead it's a car. I mean, do some abatement, tax abatement. But instead, we're doing a freaking a car, car wash. wash. I mean, there's a car wash on every corner. It's like a dental office. I mean, they're everywhere. I want to real quick before I forget. I want to ask Alexis. You were um, at the Northeast Community Council a few weeks ago. They had like an emergency meeting and. Um, I, oh, I, it was I, an emergency meeting. Yeah. I was definitely the center of all the questions. They told me I had to answer questions for 10 minutes and I answered questions for almost two hours. So, so I wasn't, I didn't even know about, I think I heard about it, but I kind of forgot. And then luckily Bill Wilkowski, he, he live streamed it. So I, I happened to see it pop up and man, you were, you were like, you were in the gauntlet. I mean, you were right there and they were, and you, I thought you did a really good job of responding, but it was, it was, um, you were definitely kind of the the focal point for a while. Yeah, I definitely felt like um, I I got a talking to, but I think I if you tell the truth, nobody can fault you. And that's what I did. I told the truth. People didn't like the truth. I understand that sometimes situations happen in an emergency and we have to make emergency decisions and not everyone's going to like it. Um, I understood where they were coming from. But at the end of the day, it's like, do you want to burn down our city or do you want to handle a campground for legal campers for three months. One of my big takeaways, did you watch that court? Were you there? Did you watch it? Oh, I was there in person. Yes. He was there. One of my big takeaways from that was at the, towards the end, um, Forrest Dunbar, who I've had on the, I've had on the podcast before. I like Forrest. He got up and, and, and gave a very um, critical, you know, speech against, against what hap was happening in, in Bronson and the mayor. And then somebody asked him, well, what should we do? And I mean, it was a very big takeaway. He really didn't, I mean, he didn't have a clear answer. I mean, he talked about some, different, you know, ideas, but it wasn't like, there wasn't a clear answer, which is, I think, symbolic of the problem. Everybody wants to complain, but there's really not a lot no of right actions or answers that you, yeah. I mean, you remember that? You remember that? I do. I remember it personally yeah. because I was waiting for the answer. Like, hey, if it's a good idea, I'll roll with it. But when you don't have any answers, that best answer is the one I'm working with right now. I don't think Centennial is perfect, but I do think it's perfect for a lot of people. And when he came out and at that meeting, I firmly believe that homelessness should not be politicized. I say it all the time. I say it out loud. I say it at assembly meetings. And it just felt like that moment he was taking um, to kind of win over like his voters or the people at the meeting. And that wasn't what the meeting was about. The meeting was about, you know, we have 180 roughly people staying at Centennial Campground. Um, and I felt like they didn't really have you know, an opportunity to speak on things, but I think it's a good place for them. And yeah, it sucks for some of the neighbors and um, it's not forever, but yeah. 
So what's what's the status now of this navigation center? I know it's way scaled back. It's oh yeah, 150 space. Um, uh, they're working on it as we speak. I mean, uh, the mayor, uh, we've put out messaging that it's going to be coming out um, mid October uh, to November. Obviously, you're waiting on uh, supplies to come in from the lower 48 because the structure is to come in. But um, that's the plan. I mean, the plan is to use utilize that um, to help with the situation and. And it's almost like a place where people can come in and we can navigate them. So we're going to depend still on the community. This has been, a, um, I mean, this is something that we've been saying um, for a while. This is not a mayor issue. This is not an assembly issue. This is an Anchorage issue. And we're going to work together to solve this. So we're, yeah. we're hoping that this will continue throughout. So now the mayor initially wanted a much bigger. A thousand uh, person. So this is what, 15% of, and then it got scaled back. I think there was. To 450 yeah. and then to 150 with a 50 surge. Um, and that I felt like was the administration coming to the table and saying, okay, we hear you. We recognize that you guys want less, um, populace over in this area. And so, um, they had made an amendment, uh, to 150 and the mayor had supported it on the dais. So I felt like that was kind of his olive branch to say, okay, if we're going to get a navigation center, we just have to scale it back. It just seems like, you know, the, I know it's ranges, but the population of, of, you know, people, homeless people, it's, it's over a thousand. I've heard estimates of 1,500, so. Probably more. I mean, if you think about uh, Anchor School District and what the term houseless or homeless actually means, people couch surfing. Well, that's the yeah. other thing. It's, it's like we don't really see a lot of people who are, when you say home, you think of the person on the street, but there are people who just don't have a home, but they have a friend's couch mm-hmm. or they, they can stay with somebody, and, and that's not the visible. So those numbers could be yeah. higher, but, but they're, you know, the people on the, it just seems like 150. I mean, it, it's good, you know, better than nothing, but I, I mean, I wonder what, if it's going to, what if 400 people show up? So right now with the way that homelessness is going in the city, we have transitional housing, which also qualifies um, people as being homeless or experiencing homelessness. Transitional is it like the housing, aviator? Or the is guest that? house and part of the aviator. Um, aviators congregate and non-congregate, but guest house right now is transitional housing. And so those numbers, uh, the 131, I think it's actually higher than that with some uh, double occupancy, but right there, 131, that's added to that number of houseless individuals. And so I think when you uh, bring on the NAV Center, you'll have the guest house coming online with full leases. Um, There's talks about another hotel that they're bringing online, uh, possibly with some ARPA dollars here soon. The Sockeye just up their numbers. And then I think we're going to see some traditional partners come in and up their numbers a little bit. I mean, BFS is still at COVID numbers. I think Gospel Rescue Mission is still at COVID. Yeah, BF, uh, Brother, Brother Francis. Brother Francis yes, yeah. they're at 76 people so, right now. So, so what, what, and I don't, I don't want to get too critical, but yeah. um, there was all these group, Widener and, and Rasmussen, they pledged, I think it was like $40 million, you know, some, and there's a coalition on homelessness and there's all these groups and, I mean, I mean, frankly, what what do they all do? I don't want to put you guys in the spot, but there's all these groups that exist, and I don't see things. I'm sure they do things. I'm not saying they don't. I mean, Jasmine Boyle was there for a long time, and I know it's kind of weird now. Meg Zolotel's in charge of the coalition and homelessness, but she's on the assembly, and yeah, she one, can't vote on home. It's kind of a weird one to me. It is. Um, one thing I didn't realize, like before getting into politics, is how much money is actually out there for resources for it's, homeless it's, it's, people. It's, it's way up in the millions per year. I mean, tens oh, yeah. of millions per year. And I, I'm, I'm great, grateful people want to help. And I, I just sometimes intention, you know, intentions are one thing, but results, you know, when, when I was doing our videos, um, this is Anchorage. And then this, the, the, re, the uh, second one last year, I reached out to a lot of people who were in this kind of homelessness industry, I guess you can call it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was looking, because these videos are expensive. We have to, you know, you know, Scott, right? You know, oh, to yeah. Do video. We have to go out to the field. We have to 
gather footage. We have to come back. We have to edit. I mean, takes a, you know, a, th- yeah. a 30-minute documentary takes you know, 100, probably 100 hours or more mm-hmm. of, of shooting and editing. So I had asked a lot of people, hey, can you guys contribute? We want to show what's going on here. It's, it's aren't cheap to make. And nobody, and like nobody wanted, none of the people in the homelessness kind of industry wanted to do anything. And eventually I just kind of said, what's going on? And I, and, and I figured out, I asked somebody, they, they said, we don't, we, we don't, we don't want to be involved in anything where we don't control what's the narrative. Yeah, what's said. So it's, it's, it's really difficult sometimes to even show what's, you know, cause it's like, you can go right off the trail or into the Sullivan arena. You can drive by the Sullivan arena. I spent the night there well, just one night, but a lot of people don't, they see like on the streets a little bit, but when you, when you go back a little, little, you know, behind the curtain, um, it's not good. No, it's not great. I, um, I spent the night at brother Francis shelter when I worked there cause I wanted to experience what it's like, not necessarily just for me, but from the perspective of a client or from the perspective of a, a staff member. And I was just amazed. I was, I was, yeah. I oh, was. It made me sad to be honest, just because, um, you know, I, I was raised by a single mom. She was a social worker for the state of Alaska for many years. And, you know, I kind of have her heart in terms of trying to help people. And so it just kind of made me want to help more. And so that's the message I would say to people right now. We need every community partner. Uh, it's not even our traditional partners, those things also, but also the ones that can help in the business sector. So I welcome, I know we all welcome anybody who wants to help with this, because again, this is not just going to be solved by government. It's not going to be just solved, solved by one entity. It's everybody working together. I mean, I think the, the frustrating thing is we all, we, I think we all want to help. I remember it was four or five years ago. I was, I was, it was a really cold night. I was driving down Northern Lights and I seen a guy um, on the street and it was really cold and it was below zero. And he was really, he, he, clear he was really cold. So I stopped and I said, Hey, you know, can I buy some food? You know, get warm. I went to Subway and we sat down. I bought him a sandwich and it was getting warm. And I was talking to the guy and he was clearly mentally ill. And eventually he gave me the number of his, of his kid. Cause I said, I really, I, I can't leave the guy. You know, it's really cold. I mean, the guy barely had a jacket. And so he finally gives me the number to his kids. I call the kid who's an you know, adult. This guy was older. He lives in the Valley. And he said, thank you for helping. He goes, we've been trying to help him for years. We can't help him. Like he, he's, he just goes back to the streets. And I mean, the, you could tell the guy was like genuine too. I mean, it was his, you know, adult son. And I, you know, we all feel horrible when you, even sometimes when you want to help, you can't help. Yeah. I think that's one of the struggles um, that we don't see too often with homelessness when we look at it from a 30,000 foot. But when you're like staying in the camps, I've spent 70 plus hours in Centennial walking around talking to people. Um, Some of the barriers are just themselves. They don't, it's, and it's their choice at the end of the day, if they don't want to seek treatment or they don't want to seek help. But I think there's a fine line because sometimes you meet people and you're like, this girl couldn't make the decision to go get treatment. Even if she wanted to, she's just not in her right mind. Mm -hmm. And then it's the question is, is who do you call? What do you do? What's the next steps? And I think there's so many people right now um, that a lot of them are getting lost in the shovel. I think you see like these levels. It's almost like a hierarchy within homelessness. I was just at REI or I went to steam dot. I was talking to Jonathan white, the owner of Steam. We're going to, he's going to come on the podcast next week, the owner, but he was telling me how bad things have gotten um, at, at the Midtown mall. Before that, I was over at REI and I was just looking around and this guy was in there and he was just like talking to himself and screaming and, you know, it was, it was a little scary and there's, you know, women and kids and they're kind of like, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of walking around and it's just, it, 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 we shouldn't have to, you know, there should be ways to get those people help. And we used to commit people and we stopped doing that a long time ago in this I, country. I, and I think it's a good point. We do need more treatment, hundred percent treatment throughout our state, but in the city as well. Um, we need to be able to just open up our 
I guess our hearts and our pocket puts, whatever that's through budgeting or with the state or whatever partners we can to get more treatment. There's great treatment places in your town. We just need more of those duplicative services, whether it's Aquila House, whether it's Salvation Army, um, whether it's the um, the um, the Turner uh, place. Turner. Bernie Turner. Bernie Turner, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, we need more of those. Well, um, I want to move on to, to kind of, you guys have both been there. Well, you've been there over a year. Corey, you're probably coming up on a year. What, it's a three-year term, so two more, you know, two more years, the election's going to start. That's crazy. Probably in like a year. It's like stressing be, me out a little bit. Oh, yeah. Bit. I mean, people, I think you can file 18 months before, so people can start next year. There's going to be, next summer, yeah, there'll, there'll be people running for mayor. But, wild. But, what, you know, what, 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 what do you guys foresee the next six months to year? I mean, we're coming into winter, and there's obviously budgeting with the assembly. Again, you know, coming up in the fall, where, where do you... Do you want me to go first? <laughs> go ahead. Um, That's a big one. It is. Um, I think we'll see a lot of great projects coming online. I think this next year, we kind of got our feet under us now um, to hit our stride. And I think this year is going to be really good for for the administration, at least in my viewpoint. I think you'll see continued focus on the port. Um, that's a huge priority. I think you'll see a huge push for homelessness. Um, and then I think you'll see a huge push for economic development. The mayor has always committed to cranes in the sky. And so I think you'll see that coming online next year, uh, with a lot of new facilities being built. I just like to add on to it. All that is awesome. The port homelessness, uh, public safety. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Those are priorities anybody would say, but to me, it's like one of the focus you'll see too is on downtown Anchorage and, trying to just make our downtown awesome. If our downtown's awesome, it, it duplicates throughout the entire city, throughout our municipality. And it's going to be the things you like, Jeff, the same things I like and the same thing anybody listening to me likes, play good places to eat, entertainment, sports. I would love we to get that park. We got to get that park. We got to get that park strip fixed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the park strip. Yeah. I mean, to be able to do entertainment, I think some of the best things I have seen since I was a kid, I think you could all agree. I've been to some of our concerts and our sports events. Oh, I love going to the yeah. pack. Going to the yeah. I love the yeah. symphony, you yeah. know, in the fall. I love going yeah. to the symphony down there. Yeah. I love when they do showdown productions, does that huge production right in between Humpies and Willowa, and they shut down the street right next to the Atwood. So Oh, yeah, fun. years ago they had Dip, Diplo. Yeah. yeah. Moose's Tooth, Moose's Tooth and Bear's Tooth would do their outdoor concerts. I think that's cool. I just think we need more of that. And then sports. I keep talking about sports, but we need that. It was with the pandemic lifting and going to the Alaska Airlines Center and seeing state basketball, it was a packed house. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that for, like, you know, our hockey team. I'd love to see that for our any of our high school sports, but even, like, you know, like Glacier Pilots and Bucks and the Chinooks, whatever, on the Eagle River. What, speaking of that, what, what's the status? What's the um, plan for the Sullivan? I mean, I know it's. It needs some renovations, it sounds like. I mean, is that going to be back up and running for events and for sports? Yeah, I think, I mean, they're underway right now. I think they're fixing the ice ice plant right now. Um, but, yeah, it's we cleaned it out the day that uh, it shut down for the FEMA response and started cleaning, got a garbage truck in there, took out a bunch of trash, and they started doing renos. So we're on, on track, just like we should be. It's really too bad. You know, we lost the Aces. Now we have the new Wolverines, but... Uh, when I when I go to you know any big city and it's just nice to go to like a base, baseball game or a basketball game or a football. I mean it's we just don't. It's hard. It's harder living in a smaller city. You know it's mm-hmm. yeah. There's costs. The, the proximity away also hurts us. Yeah, travel uh, time. Travel time. But uh, yeah, I agree. I I think it all that stuff is quality of life, and I think we all need it. Um, whether you like sports or not, and entertainment doesn't matter. To have options for people to enjoy. You know we live by that mantra of live, work, and play. We need all of that for us to grow and to add more people come here to add to our city. I always wanted live, work, play, eat. 
Yeah, like oh, that's good. Yeah, we should be able to eat. Or that bread and brew. Bread and brew. Shameless plug. <laughs> I just got back from Vegas, so let me tell you. I, I want to hear about your Vegas trip. Uh, I should tell one story, actually. Okay. Cause, cause, so I went with a few friends, and we had it scheduled for a while. My buddy I had love a com- companion. I mean, I just, Corey, you go to Vegas? Oh, yeah. I've been I, to Vegas I, multiple times. Love yeah. it. <laughs> Fucking we love used it. to drive there from ASU. Oh, yeah, it's um, what, three or four hours? Yeah, on the yeah. weekends. Yeah. So, so uh, obviously, I love the pool. It's not a big secret. Were you, were you there when Speedo Gate happened? Were you with Walker? Were you with... No. That was, was twenty. That was early 15. Yeah, I was off. I was uh, still in News World. Yeah. Was it, I was, heard about it, though. That yeah. was a big one, Lexus. Yeah. That was... Yeah. made national news. <laughs> it made national? Oh, HuffPost called me New York Times. Oh, yeah. I mean, it oh was a huge story because cause they were like, what did he do? I mean, he's just... Because my Speedo picks were from my Facebook, and they were mad about it. It's a long story, but... I'm going to have to Google this. Oh, just Google Jeff's... I mean, it'll pull right up. There's like right. many articles. It comes up pretty fast, yeah. So so <laughs> we're down there, and me and my buddy had a companion fair, and he's a big... He gambles a lot, so he's got the room comms all the time. So we, you know, pretty cheap to get down there. And he had a room for, you know, if we got there Thursday, and we were going to leave Sunday night, but we had the room t- through Monday, so we could not check out on Sunday. She's Googling. She's like, <laughs> look, at, look at her face. You've never, you've never heard of this? No. It was a big, it was like, it was my 15 minutes. I mean, that's kind of, my license plate down there is Speedo. So I've. Really I love em- this for you. Really embraced it. <laughs> so he asked me, so we have the room and there's the World Series of Poker going on. He was going to play in one of the tournaments. I was going to play in some smaller ones, go to the pool. So he, he says, um, my buddy's coming down too. And I, I kind of know this guy, not super well, but I know him like acquaintance. And he's like, um, would you care if he stayed? Cause we had like a suite. It was a pretty nice room. He's like, would you care if he stayed with us? And I was like, uh, you know, I was like, we're in our thirties. Not in our twenties, but like, I guess if he's if he if you if he's gonna be okay, like if he's if he's gonna not cause any trouble, you know, because I wanted to like get some sleep or play in a poker tournament. So cause I've known the guy to be kind of a little bit of a lunatic. So he promised he's gonna be fine. So we get to the we get there fr- Friday morning, go to the pool. He comes in Friday afternoon. Um, I'd flown all night on Thursday. I'm exhausted. I mean, all day at the pool, drinking, hot, 115. So we go back to the room. Um, I went to take a nap. I woke up, they were going to the club and I go, you know what? I'm just way too tired. I'm just freaking, and they were like really pissed off, but I'm exhausted. I'm going to sleep. You know, I'm not going, I'm not going. I'm not going going to a club in Vegas. Okay. Cause I was so tired. Right. Yeah. So I fall asleep at like, that was probably nine or 10 when they left. Right. And then like 3am, my phone keeps ringing and nobody was in the room. My phone keeps ringing. It's, and it's this guy. I don't want to say his name, but it's this guy. And he's like, I finally answered and I was like, what? And he's like, it's all over. It's all fucking over. Like, what room are we in? What room are we in? And I told him the room 18, you know, the number, and he's like, I'm on 12. It's all over. It's all over. What and I'm he, like, what are you talking about? What did he take? And, and then, oh, he was definitely on drugs and drink and alcohol. So then this girl gets on the phone and she's like, I found your friend. He's crawling around. Um, it was like you, a Wolf of Wall Street moment. Oh, it was or like he's, he ended hang, up on the 12th. The hangover. Yeah, ended up yeah. on the 12th floor. And... I'm like, who are you, right? And so I'm like, we're on 18, 139. And I'm like so tired. So I'm just go back. I'm, they're going to bring him back, I assume. So like nobody comes back, right? So then 45 minutes later, the door opens. And I gave, we gave him a key. His name wasn't on the room. We gave him a key. Door opens. I look, I like wake up. I look over. There's this big security guard. And he's like, um, do you know these two? And I go, <laughs> I know him. I don't know her. I want to know her. No, I don't want to know oh, her. You don't I, want I was so tired. <laughs> we were at the pool all day. You saw my picture I posted with the speedo. I did, I you know, saw it. So, great day at the pool. So he's like, okay, can he come in? I go, he can come in. So he lets him in. He goes, he goes, your friend, we found him crawling around on the 12th floor, banging on doors, trying to get in. 
I go, dear God. So, so then he tries to get a selfie with her and the guard. He's like, not very, I'm surprised they even let him stay in the hotel. So, so then he comes in and he's like, do you have a block? Do you have a block? And I go, what? A charging a phone block. charger block. And I said, no, I said, I'm, I'm using it on my phone. <laughs> and he, so I, we had like a, a bed and there was a suite. There was a couch and like I was in the couch bed and he, he proceeds. It was like, so my, my char- charger was plugged in behind the couch. He jumps on the couch, like literally like, like a bull in a China store, jumps on the couch. There's some food that we ordered that was sitting there. Food goes flying, ranch, chicken, all over the place, grabs it, starts running around. I'm, I'm like, look, look what you did, you know? And he's like, do you, do you know what you did? Do you know what you did? Do you know what you fucking did? And he's like, don't touch it, don't touch it. He's like, he's losing his mind. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm trying, to clean up the, trying to clean up the spilled ranch and the food. <laughs> And he was just like totally out of control. And then I finally, I'm like, I'm like, go to bed. Just go to bed, dude. I, I wake up, it's late. Jumps in the bed with me, puts his head, grabs me, puts his head on my chest and goes, cuddle me, cuddle me, <laughs> fucking cuddle me. And, and I, I said, you need to stop right now and go to bed. Like, you need to stop. Like, he would, he would and he's like, I, I, I'll tell him what you did. I'll tell him what you did. <laughs> oh my, cuddle would, me, cuddle me. I would have been so I was so I was just so mad. In that room. So finally... He's like, I got to call my girlfriend. I, oh, and then, and then I get a message on Instagram and, and Facebook from, I don't even know his girlfriend. She has a girl in Alaska and she's like, oh my God, help. Like he's, he's freaking out. Help me. When you, you know, so I said, he's in the room. He's fine. He goes, she goes, he needs to call me right now. I go, look, he's in the room. His phone's dead. He's charging it. He's going to call you. He finally starts to calm down a little bit. His phone turns on. He calls her. Proceeds to have like a two hour conversation with her. Two hours? He keeps asking her to come cuddle with him. And, and I, I, I said, dude, she's in a different fucking state, <laughs> different time zone, man. And he, he kept calling her baby, maybe like a thousand times. He said, baby, he goes, he goes, it's just me and you against the world, baby. It's just me <laughs> and you against the world, baby. Where do you know this guy from? I just, he's from here. He's my friends. I kind of know him like through friends. He's like a Facebook acquaintance. Um, I mean, I know him just a little okay. bit. I mean, I've never really hung out with him too much. I've played cards with him a few times, huh. but it just, just absolute. And then my friend, my friend who, he, who wanted to come, he didn't get back to like super early. So. I'm dealing with this guy. You're babysitting. I'm, I'm dealing with this maniac. And, you know, we, we I paid for half the room. It wasn't that much money, but we saved him because the rooms that weekend were like three, 400 a night. Yeah. So we saved him a bunch of money by, by staying in the room for free. And I don't, and then the other crazy thing that happened was the next day we were, uh, he, they were playing in this big World Series, $1,500 tur- buy-in tournament. I'd played in the smaller MGM one, but um, that night... My buddy called me and he's like freaking out and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. He's like breathing hard. He's running. I'm like, what the hell's happening? Oh, you he's, were in Vegas for the he's, glass he, breaking? He's, he's like, he's like, he's like, dude, I think we're getting shot at. And I go, excuse me, what the fuck? So yeah, I was at the MGM. I heard about this. I was in the room, on but Facebook. somebody broke glass, I guess. And I have a picture of it, but it's like, you know, this whole country, every active shooter, people yeah. get mass shooting. So a panic spread throughout the strip very quickly. People were like running around the casino on the streets, running, you know, flipping up poker tables. Uh, like a thousand people ran out of the Bali's poker room, oh stampede, um, just absolute craziness. Oh I was in my room, you know, but I go on Twitter, I see these videos, people like on the street running, hide, you know, people in the casinos, like hiding behind like craps, t- flipping up poker tables. Absolute just maniac weekend. Isn't that like every Vegas trip though? You come back and you have like three I, really great yeah. stories. I feel like Jeff, you need to have a reality show. Oh man, I'd, every, watch, I'd watch you on I one would of those too. right after Ninety Day Fiance. I'd watch you right after. I want to go. What I, I want to go on is Married at First Sight Australia. That's what you. That's a great show. I mean, it is. It's amazing. Married at First Sight Sweden. I want to do do the Australia because when I lived in Australia in seventeen, they 
the show, it's still on now. They have like new seasons and they basically just get people together and they meet the first time they get married. Why don't you do that? And they track them. I applied actually when I was there. I, they never got back to me. I'm, I don't think I'm their model. I, see, I don't I think I'm. I see you on that or even a big brother. I can see you on big yeah, brother. Big yeah, brother. Maybe big brother. Yeah, the, I do the, love big brother. All the, all the married at first sight people, let's just say they're all very good looking. I don't, I don't think I meet their, their, their visual standards. You guys put in a word for me, you know? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll do I'll call you. all my connections in reality. We should, we should do like an Anchorage pol- political politics Vegas trip. Like bipartisan, we kind of spread it around. We the you know, bipartisan Vegas trip. Maybe, maybe if we couch it under like the mayor or the governor, we can get some like a room room rate, like a group rate, <laughs> a block of rooms, some and, federal and we'll, funding we can behind it. That. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not to Vegas. There'd be some loose units. Yeah, that's true. The best part about Vegas, though, my favorite part, is the pool. And if you go with you know four or five friends, you get a cabana. And there's like a minimum charge, but that goes for the food and drink. So it ends up being it's a wash, anyway. you know, but, but when you have the cabana, it's just so easy to get people, especially girls. Cause it's so hot. Hey, you want to come to the cabana and hang out every time, yeah. every time we always go to the pools when we're in Vegas. It's so fun just to be out. And Where do you stay? Uh, usually either MGM, Planet Hollywood. Yeah. I stay MGM because of the pool. Corey, you have a MGM. Uh, I've been there so many times. I've been at the Stardust, which doesn't even exist anymore. Oh, that's old school. <laughs> yeah. But I, I have a cousin that lives there too. So a lot of times I stay with him because, uh, you know, the people that live in Vegas, they don't actually go on the strip. They go to like Fremont. And, yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's just one more thing we could talk about, you know, Vegas is an example, but like the, the rising costs of, of not just the inflation, inflation's a problem, but just in this country now to just to go to go do something, to go to a concert, to go to Vegas, to go to, to go to a show. I mean, it's so expensive now. It's just so, you have to make so much money to really be able to, enjoy. whereas when, when I was younger, I remember a concert was like, you know, in New Albuquerque, somebody ate Dave Matthews or, you know, some group concert, of 50 bucks or 80 bucks, or now it's like to go to a concert, you know, thousand bucks, you know, 1200 bucks. Yeah. It's like the same here. I can tell you this, this don't make fun of me, but I went to a, a Coolio concert for twenty dollars here in Anchorage, that's oh, when I love, he I love cool that's people. when he ripped the uh, Sullivan uh, stage and said the Sullivan sucked and threw it down. I don't know if you what? remember that. Yeah, that was some years ago. Anybody listening probably knew about that one. And then uh, I went to a, a Ludacris concert for twenty dollars. That was a Groupon actually, so Ludacris. I was pretty proud of that one. Yeah. What was I mean, the first concert you ever went to, Jeff? Um, it might have been Weezer. Okay. I think it was yeah. It was in New. I was like in high school, and Weezer came, and we yeah. We had a bunch of buddies went, a bunch of friends, a group. It was like thirty bucks or forty, whatever it was. But but now in Vegas, like you know, you you look at these these Metallica. The tickets were yeah. like twelve hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears. You know, five hundred, yeah. six. It's like how yeah. do how do you a family of four go to a concert yeah. without making you know a ton of money? I mean, this, this is like the wealth concentration in the country is. It's I don't know what's gonna happen in the next five or 10 years. It's just really hard for working people to. And I think during COVID we saw like a major gap in, in that, like the push for the rich to get richer kind of thing. Oh, I mean the equity markets went mm-hmm. up like it's a permanent fund, you know, it went up from oh, yeah, 10 billion, highs. 15 billion, yeah. dollars, you know, cause it's, it's these equity markets, but then people who are, you know, working people who are, you know, they aren't, their wages aren't going up mm-hmm. by, by, by very much. I mean a little bit, but nothing like the, the markets. And it's, it's just, you know, I think about like what it would cost to, for a family of four, even in Anchorage, to go to like dinner and a movie, Hunt, I mean, probably three hundred bucks. Yeah, absolutely. to go to like a nice restaurant or just a decent restaurant. Yeah, right. And four movie tickets, which are twenty bucks a piece now, mm-hmm. Plus and then snacks. some food. Yeah, you know, it's going to be three hundred bucks, four hundred, three, at least three hundred bucks to have dinner and a movie. With That's a so wild when you think four. about it like yeah. that. You know, it used to be, 
I don't know. I, my, my view is if you're willing to work full time in this country, if you're willing to like work 40 hours a week, you should be able to, you know, have a place to stay, have a house, be able to go on a vacation once in a while. I don't think that's, uh, you know, asking too much. Too much. Ask, no. I agree. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you guys, Alexis Johnson and uh, Corey, Corey Allen Young from Mayor Bronson. I, I love that you guys did this. It's so hard usually to get, especially in the legislature, like it's such impossible to get a staff to ever come on. The, I mean, I got a few, like Ken Alper came on, but he's kind of an exception because he used to be the tax director. You, you know Ken, right? Yeah. Tax director. Yeah. Call yeah. me anytime. Yeah. I'll be on the podcast well, whenever you want. Here. We can oh. talk about other stuff too. I, 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 want, I want to get uh, Rochelle. I thought we were going to get into like next juicy time, gossip today. Next time we go on, I want to I want to hear your top five, type five artists of all time. Musicians? Musicians. Oh boy. I, I need to think about that. Yeah. That's, that's a big question. Yeah. I do want to get Rochelle Alger though. I've, I've met her a few times at the meeting. She, <laughs> she'd be fun. I guarantee it should be a good podcast. So fun fact, Rochelle Alger was my first boss ever in my life. She used to own a coffee shop in the GCI building and I worked at the GCI bu- uh, building Slanging coffee. She's she's purchasing, right? Yep, she's purchasing director. My favorite director of all times. I guarantee, Corey, you know she'd be a good podcast. We we need to. She would. I hope you have one of those little buttons that goes bleep. bleep, Oh yeah, we have we have some buttons here. We can. can, Well, but this is not radio, so we can say whatever the fuck we want. (laughs) I I have to watch my language because some people listen and they they tell me, oh, you know, I love listening, but like my kids are listening sometimes and stop using the f word. (laughs) These like moms. Because kids are out here listening to Vegas trips and. I mean, I say, why are you have your kids listening to my podcast? I mean, this is not a, a it's not a kid focused podcast. Yeah. So right, we did well, politics today, but next time we'll do some gossip or I think we should do it top all three, five all three of us. We should get a group of us, you know, maybe 10, 15, go to Vegas. We'll have some good that'd be a, like a whole podcast series. A podcast series. We could, even get, some, we could even get some sound down there, you know, we could be at the pool. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. I love it. Oh my Vegas. god, I love this. Count me in. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this for the future well alexis johnson and Corey young thanks a lot for coming on we'll have you guys on again i really appreciate it all right folks if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast get a hold of me and if you're listening to us on apple or podbean or spotify give us a review we'd really appreciate it and stay tuned for the next one Landline Radio.